This is not a guy you associate with a Royal Rumble usually, right? No, and even, I guess, the undercards sometimes. Right. Like, like you know, because when we did Michaels, Michaels, it fits exactly, right? You're right. like, oh, okay, I remember X, Y, Z, and I remember his highs, his lows, and I remember how important he is to the event. Even Brett, too, to a certain extent. This guy feels completely separate from the event. Even though he's in a lot of them and he's uh, won. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and then even at the other ones where he hasn't won, he died. Right. Right. He was murdered. Now entering the Royal Rumble. I didn't want to throw out the beginning, you know, like we normally do. We're dealing with one guy. We have to get to it. He's got so much that we have to talk about. And that's the most my voice can pull together right there. Right there? Right there. That was it. But but that's okay because that's who The Undertaker is. He's a dead – he's a a living undead zombie, right? Yeah. Is he still that? Um – I don't know. He's a MAGA zombie? A mega zombie, I mean. Mega zombie. Is he a MAGA zombie? (laughs) Both. Donald Trump. (laughs) I will vote for you. Oh, yeah! (laughs) It's so funny. This guy's left such an impression. I was talking to two uh, French dudes at hockey the other day, two dads of other kids, and they're like, who's that guy? That guy who, who was a dead guy. And I'm like, The Undertaker? And the way they lit up was like nothing else. I think The Undertaker really represented their childhood. Sounds like it. Yeah. And they're like, what's the, what was the manager's name? And it's like, oh, here we go. Because I'm trying to play it cool, right? Like, you know, we, we know what the depth of our knowledge is. But, like, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I hide that from other people to a degree. Uh, I would, yeah. Yeah, hide's a good word. Like, it's not, I don't hide being a fan. I hide that, like, I could recite the entire championship history from the inception until today, probably. Right. Or that you could rank all the pay-per-view years in order. Yeah. Or, or, Except for the final two. Or do a, or do a podcast about every entry into the Royal Rumble. Like, 163 in 20 episodes, yeah. Thus far, episode 20, which was also a preferential number for our friend The Undertaker in a, in a year that's coming. So 1991 is where he starts. And this is, this is to what, two months after his debut? Uh, yes, yep. Survivor Series was his arrival. And he wasn't the Eggman, which was good. Uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah, so he's still he new here. He's a song if he was. <laughs> I guess. Uh, he still got Brother Love, 91, and comes in at number 12. And I think it's a he starts a pretty decent little run here. He's not an annoying part of 1991. Uh, no, he's one of the few highlights. Yeah, because we've talked at length about how 91 is like driving us to drink, right? It's broken us. Yeah, it's almost driven us off of this. And I thought I thought 88 was going to be the problem here. Right. Well, 88, <laughs> 88 ended up being um, a lot quicker. I mean, it's only 20 guys and it just moves a little brisker, I guess. I don't know. But this 91, when you're looking at every individual entrant and they all last 15, 10 to 20 minutes, whatever in that range, it's a lot. Yeah. Well, Paul Roma is lasting like 17 minutes. Like, what, what are we doing here? Right. There's no need. No need. At least they had the decency to get Saba Simba out of there in two and a half minutes. Right. Two minutes, seven lions or eight lions. What is that? <laughs> seven lions. That's Tony Atlas. 
All right, so Undertaker stalks out. He looks jacked, like he's focused, and he just casually grabs Bret Hart by the neck and throws him out. Like, oh, such a great choke with the two hands. Like, like he's like he's garbage out of the ring. Yep. Just he gets out. he gets kind of a weird like half reaction too when he comes out. Well, I think it's yes. Well, I think people are just still in awe, and like he's so cool and different. Yeah. Piper's like, this guy looks like he's here to stay. And they're right on the blubber love comments immediately on poor brother love. Well, and it's had Piper can fat shame Chris Pritchard. He's all in. Yeah. Uh, So then then there's a fun bit where him and Tornado choke each other. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. And it's just this awesome presence he has in the ring. Like he just stands out from everybody. Well, he's just he moves differently. He acts like he he looks like. I mean, the closest thing I can really liken him to is like late 80s Andre the Giant. Right. Like you're kind of in awe. He's moving differently. He can knock you down with one punch. Yeah, and, I mean, it's just it's completely different than anyone else. Yeah. Jake attacks him, and like a year later, they would be allies. Yeah, they would. Hmm. But everyone's gunning for him. Uh, Tornado really keeps coming at him. Yeah. Uh, Taker just keeps choking him. Butch gets in his way. Taker just throws him out as he's just dominating. He's clearly the man right now in there. Yeah. And Piper's making these weird allusions to like every time he throws someone in, he goes, that's another home run. And like then makes an awful laid them out pun, which even Gorilla has no patience for. And like Piper has to apologize. And like what I like, too, about this point is he's kind of like. I find he's kind of an enigma at this point because you don't know. I mean, he's he's obviously got the star power, but we don't know what they're going to do with him yet. Like, I, I don't know if you're expecting him to be a 30 year character at this point. Oh, definitely not. I mean, look at the track record. There are not many like that at that point. Yeah. Is is too much of his chest showing here? Uh, You know, like the erotic taker look. I mean, I guess if maybe he was sprawled out or maybe we saw a little more leg, mm. I feel a little bit was more comfortable. Was his chest not hairy enough for you? It's more that it like, it just, like if he was like a couple of chains away, like a, a like gold chains away from being the creepy guy at the club here. Right. Or the guy running the Greek restaurant. You have a souvlaki. You come to have souvlaki. A chokehold in a souvlaki for you. These mother bitches across the street, they don't know souvlaki. God, now I want Greek food. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. He's double teamed pretty heavily, too, by Tornado gets back at him. But Tito and Carrie really go to town on this dude. Oh, yeah. Battering him. Uh, and then, then there's a fun spot, <clears throat> though, where Taker grabs Greg Valentine by the nostrils. <laughs> the nostrils. <laughs> yeah. And Piper says, you got a handful of boogers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hammer he, recovers from the booger claw. Yeah, go ahead. He also murders Santana so badly that Greg Valentine saves him. <laughs> he's, he's like, yes, that's my rival, but I don't want to see him die. Yeah, no, he doesn't deserve this. Uh, Hammer recovers from the, the booger claw and works with Tornado. They really try to wear him down. Uh, the Taker takes a nasty running elbow from Hammer and just stands on his feet, which is awesome, too. Like, Hammer just flies in from across the ring and clobbers him with the elbow. Yeah, and I, he kind of does that sell where he doesn't fall, but he, it looks like he's kind of, like, almost off balance. Right, yeah. I'm a Ted big fan of that. Back. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that Taker sell. Like, I feel that's yeah. kind of what he goes to later when he's, like, the old man. Right. The yep. short hair. Gets Stag- caught up with... Ring. Go on. I just said stag- staggering red. I said that's all. staggering red. Um, he gets caught up with Snooka, and like, I mean, they're giving him enough time here. So, do you think they had an idea of what they had here? I think they liked him enough to think he could be built into the next like monster heel. So, I think they thought they had like a legend. I don't know, but right. I think they knew at this point already they were going to build him to be like a contender for Hogan. Is my guess. Yeah. Right. I don't know if it would have been as soon as they thought, or maybe it was. But I mean, you don't like, fall in on a gimmick like this. No. And, I mean, he starts feuding with Warrior right after Mania. So they had to at least know, even if not Hogan, that he was probably going to be like a, a big heel for Warrior. 
Well, Warrior was almost certainly going to win that feud, right? Yes, and he basically does. Right. Right. Yeah, like Hawk comes in too, and then like it's Undertaker that slows him down. Now, I find that this is a lot of punching with some character work in this match, but the character work isn't fully there yet. It's like 75% there. Yeah, and it's he's still moving like a little slow and like a little too dead. Um, like once he finds that in-between hybrid is when it comes together. Yeah. Yeah, that's when he's at his best. Piper's going on about, oh, guys are trying to bury him, but Gorilla just wants that fat piece of garbage to be taken out of the ring. Like, Gorilla right. really hates Pritchard, too. Okay, they can't stand him. That's clear. Uh, and Tager, he needs to keep navigating, like, a lot of double and triple teams. Like, everyone's coming at him, and he's working real hard to, like, you know, just batter all these guys off. Hammer keeps hammering the shit out of him. Uh, and then he just crushes Snooka with a great punch, which looked yeah. cool. Puts a big beating on the bulldog with some heavy strikes. And this is where Piper notes, like, he may be showing some signs of fatigue as Tito's working him over. But again, he comes right back and just crushes Tito with an atomic drop. Just having a great showing. Yeah, it's doing well. Tornado then tries, like, a discus punch and Taker ducks and tosses him over. So that's a pretty big elimination for him. Yeah, this flips him out with ease, too. Yeah. And then he goes right back to choking Davey in the corner. A lot of choking, but it's... So menacing and strong, you know? Oh, yeah. He's, he's scary. Like, he's a scary. Like, you were watching at this point. Was he a scary person to look at for you? Uh, Yeah. I mean, it wasn't someone I really wanted to be near, probably, at that point. Yeah. Like, I love these wrestlers that give the, the audience a sense of unease. Yeah. I mean, I remember being at a house show. <clears throat> I think it was early 92. And, like, there was a kid crying near me when he came out. My God. I used to have this nightmare about like a lit door, like a door with lights. The KKK. Yes. For those of you following very closely, but I had this, this nightmare about a lit door that I was like not allowed to go through. Mm. And I, I would, I wake up terrified of this door and I couldn't go near this door. This was like, this was when I was, I wasn't young. I was like in my like early twenties and I don't know, like I, the, the, the dream was scary. I would be scared when I woke up. And then I realized it's a, it's like a sign at the Royal Rumble in 1994. Like it, it, it embodied my consciousness so much, this door that like I was having nightmares about it years later. <laughs> I was at that show. I didn't have nightmares. Yeah. Well, you also saw the man die. So That's true. Um, he also here, he, he also low blows Davey out of nowhere with his leg, mm-hmm. which I was surprised to see. Do you think he got you screamed? Think God. I was just saying, do you think you got screamed at backstage for that? By Bullock? No, by by Vit. Like, there's no low blows in the promotion at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a year later when Flair really starts doing them more. Yeah, then we get a bunch of them. Yeah. Do you think this is, like, Taker's only one he's ever done until, like, maybe, I guess, the, like, biker-taker era? No, because he does some next year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's got some big ones next year. Yeah, yeah. Basically a rumble thing. He breaks it off for the rumbles. <laughs> he gets those low blows out. Yeah. He does spend a lot of time with Bulldog, which could have kind of been a cool feud coming out of this. They do have a match at MSG in the spring that was pretty good. Um, he battles Hawk in the corner, but in comes Animal and saves his partner. And a moment later, the Legion of Doom double eliminate Undertaker with a double clothesline to a big pop. And I thought it was well done because it kept Taker strong because he's not going to win. So how do you get this guy out and not make him look... Um, you know, weak and well, have the tag team champions work together or future tag team champions work together to take him out. Yeah. I love too that when he gets, he, he does the thing where he gets clotheslined out and he stays standing and then he yeah. stares down Shane McMahon. Who's yes. the referee on the outside. Well, he's trying to get the info of Savage and uh, Stephanie. <laughs> Did he have sex with her? Did Johnny Polo get you drugged up and high? <laughs> But it's an interesting showing. It really is. And like, you know, the LOD having to team up to get you out is also not it's not something that went unnoticed for me either. Like that's a it, it took like two of the strongest forces in the in the match to get rid of the dude. Yeah, I mean, and two of them, yes, 
you're right. And they're like the greatest tag team of all time. They're presented as such. So yeah. it's like a big elimination. Like the only guys you could have possibly had eliminate him were Hogan, them, Earthquake. That it? Tug, maybe not tug, maybe tug, Bulldog. Tugboat? Probably not. Duggan, maybe? Ah, <laughs> uh, Duggan, yeah. You could probably do Duggan. Um, but you don't want Hogan to do it because he's going to be a challenger to Hogan, right? So it's like, like he's probably not going to cross paths with LOD again. And they worked together to do it. So like, I think it was a really shrewd choice. Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it was a very smart choice, too. I wonder, does WrestleMania 7 get better if he fights Bulldog instead of Snuka? I can't give away that Bulldog Warlord match. I know, I love that match. <laughs> it's supposed to be Tugboat. That was the original plan. Tugboat against the Warlord? No, against Undertaker. God. Well, I guess honestly, it doesn't matter who he fights at no. seven. Yeah, he's gonna kill whoever they do it. Uh, I think they fight on the March to Mania show. Do they make a bunch um, of remarks about the boat sinking? Into, to the great unknown. Great unknown. Uh, for for first showing at the Rumble, it's not bad. He lasts 14 minutes 16 seconds. Throws out three guys. So a, I thought a pretty decent showing from the dude starting off. Yeah, I mean, he tossed bodies, he was a focal point, he dominated the action, took two guys to take him out. He was always working the front half of the ring, so you could constantly see and focus on him. Uh, I thought it was a star-level showing for a guy that had only been around two months. Yeah, uh, I do too. Um, I just, I, for me, I wish that, like, there was a couple of moments where he kind of faded to the background. And he's not quite there yet as a top attraction, which is why I went uh, four for presentation. Uh, I went with a five because I think even despite him not being a top attraction, he's booked like the, maybe the number three guy in this rumble. When you look at overall how everyone's presented, uh, you could do four if you really want to say Martel was, you know, presented that way because of his performance in this match. Fine. But he's a top four guy in the rumble at the least. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just I, I could have used a bit more from him there. Um, I think we're going to maybe differ a little bit in terms of work rate, though, because I'm pretty low. I'm at a two for work rate slash creativity. Yeah, I mean, I went five because it's not often that we like think of all the spots and moves we're calling out in there, like stuff that really stuck out. The chokes, the way he threw guys out, the low blow, the stalking, the elbow to the head, the selling, like the way even the way he takes the bump out, like you mentioned, LOD lands on his feet like he's doing so many little things already so good. And he's owning the character, which isn't the easiest character to play. You may think it is because, oh, he's just not selling. But, like, the way he does it feels real in a silly gimmick. So I, I just thought it was an impressive overall work performance. Yeah, I'm going to bump it up to a three. Um, I find that, like, there's just too much slow punching and keeping going back to the chokes. But I do want to give some credit for selling that character. So I'll bump it up a little bit. Okay. And the fact is, is I went five again there. Like, three eliminations, but he owned the match. Um, took a lot of guys out, and then the finish too, having to take the you know greatest tag team in the promotion, arguably uh, to take them out at the same time. Um, I thought, and and it also just put him over as a star. It was a strong character uh, moment for him. So, yeah, I'm at a three for those exact reasons. Like, see, when I'm doing these scores now, do you go back and look at your scores? I don't go study them. I kind of just have a feel, but I also yeah. try and focus it individually too. Like. I mean, yeah, the thoughts may change. Like, I don't want to be beholden because of a grade I gave earlier either, you know? Yeah, I think it just helps me balance it. Like, so, like, I came to a three by comparing him to guys that I thought that I've already given a three to that had a similar performance. Yeah, I try to take it more in the moment. Just like, what does it feel like to me based on his performance versus maybe it wasn't as similar as I thought because I felt this was a five in the moment. Right. That's possible. So that gives him a score of 25 for 1991. Mm-hmm. And strong. that, yeah, it's a strong debut. Uh, that ties him with only one person, which is nice. And that's Shawn Michaels from 2006. Oh, boy. Okay. I, I'm actually pretty happy to put him ahead of Shawn Michaels 2006. Yeah, I mean, fine by me. Obviously, I had him higher here, so I'm sure I'm the reason, but. It, well, yeah, when I think about Michaels 2006, like. Not a lot stands out. Like, that's the Vince interference, right? Yeah, so the spare squad attack him. Yeah. Shane. Shane comes in and dumps him from behind. Right. And it puts him one slot behind Piper from 1990. Yeah, that feels right. 
Maybe a bit. I mean, it feels a bit high considering he's ahead of like Randy Savage, 92, Michaels, 92, but whatever. Like, that's where the score lands him. So that lands uh, Undertaker 1991 as the 27th best Royal Rumble appearance of all time so far. Okay. It feels good. Yeah, and in 1992, I brought up kind of at the beginning that like he got the preferential treatment of being having to get a number between 20 and 30 because of the whole bullshit with Hogan. Yeah, and he gets hosed because he comes in, he gets the worst possible draw. Yeah, and they they make a like they make a note of mentioning it too. Right. Like, wow, you really got screwed. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And he comes in, he gets a he gets a huge reaction on the entrance here though. A lot of oohs and ahs as he comes out. Like, oh, yeah. here we go. And they're like pumped. And I mean he's on the doorstep of turning face. He's like weeks away. Well, they're practically cheering him here. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think many people are cheering him. <laughs> like, and for the just, second Yeah, go. I was just saying, do you think that speaks to the idea that people cheer for winners? I mean, yes, he's a cool character and everything too. But just the fact that he feels like an unbeatable monster also. Yeah, I mean, he's just fucking fun to watch. Like, he's cool and beating the shit out of guys and unstoppable. Like, yeah, that's the guy you want to get behind. Yeah, he never disappoints you. That That's always been my theory on people that love, like, Triple H, you know? <laughs> like, you know, like, it's like, I guess for some people he might be, like, a cool dude and whatever. But I feel he probably gets a lot of fans because he never lets you down in terms of wins and losses. Right. Maybe. Uh, so for the second in a row, Taker makes an immediate statement and <clears throat> just throws out Jimmy Snuka first thing. Yeah, good riddance. The year before. Yeah, I, no one was crying. I love how he, he crawls. I, I, I never noticed this really until I watched it this time. But he crawls into the ring in one fluid motion. Yeah. Which makes it look like it, it's like he's it, – it adds this supernatural flair to it for some reason. Like he doesn't go over the top. He just kind of moves into the ring. I, it, it's so hard to describe, but if you ever go back and watch this, anybody listening, just take a look at that. Cause I think it's just a really neat thing. And it's like, he's gliding into the ring. I mean, he's a year in, he's like now in complete control of the character. Like he already had some ownership of it in 91 that we just talked about, but like here he like completely is in full control. Yeah. And he's in full control of Ric Flair's neck. As he immediately begins choking him to death. And they've been working together quite a bit. It's funny. He goes right at him. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where he hits a low blow on Duggan and Heenan declares it's worth two points. Because <laughs> yeah. a big one to him. Yeah. And then he grabs Flair and Duggan in a double choke, which will create a two. Yes. Oh, I love the Flair and Duggan double choke. It's it's very it's a great little spot. Yeah, it's really cool. There's also this uh, choke right away on IRS, and Flair chops him in the back. <laughs> he then helps Jake the Snake, who he's been working with as well. Uh, Savage comes in and Taker nails him uh, as he's coming in, so he kind of saves Jake there. But then he gets tied up with Flair, and he misses his uh, misses helping Jake stay in the match. So Savage eliminates Jake. But then Taker goes out and pulls Savage off of Jake and drags him back in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, and then the beatdown's on. Uh, the beatdown's on. He tries to rip Savage's face apart here, just pulling and pulling at his face. And I feel there's less of his chest showing here too, so already I'm more comfortable. Right, he's buttoned up a little bit. Yeah, that is an awesome visual though, where Taker is just laying, Taker is laying down and is choking the shit out of Savage with death in his eyes, just like stalking oh, him. Yeah, that I remember distinctly. That's one of the things they show. You know, at the end of the pay per view, they show like still images. Or at least right. they used to. I remember seeing that and being like, whoa, because I might have I think I missed it the first time it came through when I was watching this live. Right. And Flair at this point hits a blatant low blow on him, like down on yes. the knees. And Bobby, Bobby <laughs> goes, Flair just tried to lift the Undertaker. <laughs> Such a great cover. And Taker just completely shrugs it off. Oh, yeah. Like like he doesn't even have testicles. And he may not. He's uh, really vicious in there, too. Just like choking Duggan across the top, finds Piper, chokes him out. He's almost like a horror, like horror movie villain. Just like yeah. stalking the ring and choking guys. Uh, then we get the classic spot where him and Piper are both ch- choking Flair, and then Taker looks at Piper and chokes him too. I love so that we have a three-way spot choke so much. Lots and lots of chokes. Um, even Virgil gets one. 
as well. Um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting how much Taker and Flair interact uh, fighting, given their partnership. Like, they're going to still be teammates past this. So it's interesting to me just how much they're going at each other. Um, and then it's like smothering guys, mauling them. Just like you said, like a monster just gliding and stalking across the ring. Just like whoever is in, in near him is going to get into his grasp. Like no matter where you look, he's got someone. Yeah, he's doing something. And Bobby's losing it. Like whenever he goes near Flair, he's like, look at this. Oh, no. Like he's really struggling with Flair being killed by this guy. Like he knows this is a major threat to their plan. Yeah. I love, too, that Piper's pounding uh, uh, Piper's pounding Flair and Undertaker stalks up behind him. Yes. These are some of my favorite moments in these rewatches, like where someone kind of is sneaking up on someone else quietly or like I, I really dig that a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's great in this again with the character stuff. He hoists up Savage in a big double choke and just holds him there as Duggett is punching him in the back. Which yeah. Again, this looks awesome. He's just ignoring these punches and like one of the like hardest hitters in, in the promotion. Uh, then Hogan comes in, of course, he goes right at Flair, Taker saves Flair. And that's a mistake because Hogan immediately th- throws Taker out, which I thought was yeah. kind of an upset for him to go out this quick. Yes, after especially after we got the uh, <clears throat> the trio of IRS and Berserker and Undertaker working together. Right. What a strange pairing that is. Death, mm-hmm. taxes and Vikings. Complete dream team. I also really like the visual. So Undertaker basically like Hogan runs at him and clotheslines him out. Yep. But I think there's a really great visual once Undertaker flies out. If he looks kind of like mildly nonplussed and rolls his yeah, eyes yeah. in the back of his head. Right. He's just like uh, back to sleep. Yeah, right. Uh, but I think, you know, it, it's shocking. But I think this might be a little bit of a disappointing run for him. Yeah, it was interesting. Um he was like a horror movie monster, stalking around, choking, smothering. Like, I thought his offense was intriguing and effective and simple and never felt pedantic or boring. I thought he dominated, but I think from, like, a kayfabe standpoint to me was where he was disappointing because he's, he gets the shit draw, and then Hogan takes him right out. Like, he should have been a guy probably in there toward the end, but I like his actual work in the match quite a lot. Yeah, like, in theory, you could probably swap Savage out and put him in the final four. Right. Because because at this point that they have, I mean, I, it's all speculation, right? But did they have WrestleMania planned at this point with Hogan, Sid, F- Flair, Savage? I, yeah, yeah. They were off of Hogan, Flair, I think, already. Yeah, it's just strange. Like, you'd think they'd put him in there with Sid for a little bit. Right. But I, I guess this is the end of the Hogan-Undertaker feud. Is Kind of like how the end of the Earthquake-Hogan feud was Hogan eliminating Earthquake. Yeah, I mean, they fight a little bit. I think they have the, they have the Saturday Night event match, obviously, is after this. But, um, yes, for all intents and purposes, like, they're done. So I think Hogan taking about made sense. You could have just had Hogan do it later, maybe, so Taker could stick around longer. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's just too much of a presence. Um, he lasts 13 minutes, 51 seconds, only eliminates the one guy, which I thought was surprising, too. Yeah, it's such a weird rumble because there's so many stars. It's like 91, it's one thing for him to chuck bodies around. But like and I guess there's some scrubs in at this point. But yeah, I mean, you could tough. probably take a couple of guys away from Hogan. Right. <laughs> Maybe just one more. Yeah. But like, I feel at this point. Everything just kind of fits more in the promotion. Right. Like he, like he mentioned, he has the character down now, but he's like he's in sync with the promotion now. We've been through '91, which was like that super dark year, mm-hmm. you know, with the snake attacks and the the coffins, and so he feels more in place. Like he's much more in place here than in a ring with Saba Simba and Shane Douglas, and you know, like right, right, yeah. He's like with people, other stars, and he's gonna be a star. Yeah, he he belongs now, and that's why for presentation I'm at a six. Uh, yep, same for me. Yeah, and um, I bumped it up because like I bumped up the year before, but I thought that like he was way more interesting in this one than he was the year before. Yeah, so I mean I went one more than uh, last year as well, so six. Uh, again, they had t- so many memorable spots. Like that factors in big for me in this sections, like the memorable spots. When you could sit here and rattle off ones without having watched it, which I know you can. Uh, to me that goes a long way. Yeah, I mean, same reasons. Just that's a four for me. But, 
but yeah, like I, I, I really enjoyed a lot of what he did in here and he didn't overstay his welcome either. Right. You know, like it, he didn't fade into the background at any point. He was front and center for most of it. Yep. Um, I found that this was not a super effective rumble for him. And I think it's might be because I was just disappointed with everything he ended up doing in it. He had those good spots, but in the end, he didn't last that long. He only throws out one guy. He didn't set up a real feud or anything for WrestleMania. Like, it, I it, I don't want to say it's a pointless showing because obviously it's not. He's an important cog in all of these stories. But it's almost like he could have been suspended for this and the result would have been the same. I went four because I thought he played a key role in Flair's story. Like, he's helping him. He's hurting him. Like, he's a, he's a balance to Flair because you would think they're going to be allies. So he's like almost a... Um, just like a key point in that, as well as with Jake and Savage early on as well. Like, mm. so yeah, he doesn't have his own thing, but he's kind of a big part of like two other major stories going on. Yeah, it makes sense. I'm I'm at a two. Just didn't light it up for me there. That gives him a score of 28, which is higher than his last one, and yeah, that is gonna. Yeah, it's good. Like that's going to tie him with Andre the Giant 1990, Shawn Michaels 2005, Shawn Michaels 2003. I think he's closest to Andre. Yeah, that sounds right. Does he go above or below Andre in 90? I think below. Okay, that's fair. Ahead of the Michaels. Yeah. Because it. Yeah, it really does. Feel, like, I mean, Andre, too. I mean, in in a lot of ways, it feels kind of similar is that like you could take Andre out and the match wouldn't suffer that much, you know, in that right, you could take Undertaker. Yeah. And I think Andre maybe gets a little bump just for like being part of like a major angle going into mania with the demolition and whatnot. Right. Speaking of rumbles colored by a major angle. 1993. Yeah. <clears throat> so now he's like in, he's just a full fledged face. <laughs> and like mega star. Yeah. Like, I think he's the biggest star in this match. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, I guess it has to be him. The, the, I think the next he's bigger clo- than Savage. Yeah, that would be the next closest. He's bigger than Perfect. Yeah. He's not bigger than Yokozuna. Not physically, no. No, but star, yes. But he stalked out halfway through at 15, exactly halfway through the match. And he feels like a big favorite. Like, when you look at the field. Yeah, yeah, he's going to, well, he's going like, to, at this point, you're like, well, I guess he's winning. You're right. It feels that way. And he just gets a monster pop. And it's a cool moment uh, where Jerry Lawler's leaving as his taker's coming out. And Lawler kind of steps back and, like, lets a pass. He's like, ah, not going to get involved in this. No, he doesn't want in. Gorilla calls him the odds-on favorite. And Bobby declares there's nothing worse than a fresh Undertaker. I don't think he's ever been described as fresh. Maybe it means like, you know, like the Fresh Prince. Oh, I see. Like, cool. Yeah. His his mother would not have moved him out of Philadelphia if he looked and acted like the Undertaker. West Philadelphia. I suppose. I I was driving through Philadelphia once and I'd never been there before. And then we ended up in a place and like I was I was like asking for gas and someone's like, what are you doing here? And I was in West Philadelphia and it occurred to my wife and I that like, oh, we're in the place where Will Smith had to leave. <laughs> Time to go. Yeah. Uncle Phil ain't walking in that door. No shit. The guy at the gas station barely tolerated me. So. So Taker walks right in the ring to a barrage from Samu. And then yeah. he picks him up and fucking throws him out of the ring he's, with this awesome chokeslam. Yeah, he, he's always got that first, like, like destruction of someone as soon as he gets in the ring. Yeah, he just crushes him. Yeah, it's a sick elimination. And then Tenru goes after him with chops and gives him a back brain kick, which was popularized for me by the Nintendo Entertainment System pro wrestling game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was always I was always very thrilled when I saw it. But then Tenru promptly runs at him and gets back dropped out. So instant impact. Yeah, two guys gone. Now, in fairness, it's Samu and Tenru, but yes, he's starting to throw guys out. Like, like then again, in, in terms of the field, these guys aren't necessarily weak players. Right. No. Uh, so he deals with DiBiase a bit, and then he battles his old rival Berserker in the corner. Is that? Take, 
Yeah. Is that their DiBiase and Undertaker's first interaction since the 1990 Survivor Series? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I can't commit to it, but. But I was, I was, I was really racking my brain trying to figure out like. I mean, there's nothing on a main stage, yeah. Yeah, like he's not on a Survivor Series team against him. He never challenges for the tag titles, which is what DBS is doing at this point. Right. Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, DiBiase just kind of brings him in for that one night and then doesn't bother with him anymore, right? Until 94. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna bring my own Undertaker back. So he's like completely dominant. <clears throat> Hits a big choke slam on DiBiase. Clotheslines into a huge pop. Takes him out. DiBiase has been there since number four. So that was like a big moment. Kind of reminiscent of 90 when uh, DiBiase finally gets thrown out. And... Uh, by warrior so like it, it kind of felt like that again like okay good he's out of the way <clears throat> so i thought that was really cool and then he's fighting off berserker and dumps him out too yeah and then this is what prompts uh heenan to go what is that <laughs> and i love it's whippleman leading gonzalez but whippleman is saying that is the undertaker that's the man that messed me up did he do something to whippleman i don't remember that at all yeah he um Kamala, he ruined Kamala. Oh, okay, okay. He completely destroyed Kamala and made him a giant scared pussy. Right. Well, he was terrified of the caskets, the poor guy. Yeah, so that was Harvey looking for revenge on him. Because Harvey had actually threatened this. Like, he said, I think it was that day or that weekend on TV, he said he had a surprise. And it was payback for what he did to Kamala. Okay. Okay. Well, and Gonzalez gets in the ring, and it's it's so insane how small giant Gonzalez makes undertaker look. I mean, yeah, he's like a monster. Like taker is like looking up at him. Yeah. Like, he look, like, and, and like you get like in these moments, you get why both promotions push this guy. I mean, you, I feel like you have to take a shot if you get him. Yeah. And, and like, it's like, man, if he just had like a bit more athleticism, like just a bit more, like he's probably around forever, or could talk, like anything, just anything. Yeah. Yeah. If he wasn't just such a physical mess. Um, yeah. Right. You think now, they hurt him? I don't know. Him? I don't know how else, but. Yeah, you probably don't want to dress him in that bodysuit too. Right. <laughs> That's it. So thanks for. Him, sure. Yeah. Uh, so Gonzalez and Harvey come out, <clears throat> and everyone's concerned, like the crowd, Gorilla Bobby. It's a cool stare down a moment. Taker seems defiant as he's dwarfed and the whole match just stops, which we we've only had really once. Right. Mm-hmm. With the snake and Andre, I think is the only time it's really happened like that. Yeah. And everyone just watches this guy destroy Taker like and he just destroys him. Taker gets no offense like this was a this is the worst beatdown he's taken to this point. Yeah, it's like a nails beating up boss man level. Right. Like That's I remember being down. shocked seeing him getting so destroyed. Yeah, like he's he's dead and like Gonzalez is still breaking his legs on the post. Right. He's just completely trying to eradicate him. So Taker gets up and staggers off, but the damage is done. Uh and so overall, I mean, I this was quick, <clears throat> but I thought he was dominant, like just a complete force of destruction. And I know Gonzalez becomes a punchline, but in this moment at that time, it was a good debut and the attack was vicious. And, like, Taker got rocked. Like, yes, I know years later it's just a gag, and, yes, we perpetrate that. But it's, like, <laughs> in the moment, you're hard-pressed to find, like, a cooler debut and attack at that time. You know what I mean? Like, it's a really well-done one. Are you admitting something I, I about think, yeah. Giant Gonzalez? What's that now? Well, you said you're perpetrating it. Are you admitting that you that <laughs> you have something to do with Giant Gonzalez? I just meant uh, us as a people. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. Because it kind of sounded like you were taking responsibility, you know? No. Okay, cool, 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 cool. I think the only miss here is not take, keeping it longer, given the lack of star power. There was no reason to do this at this point in the match, especially when you consider the lull the match hits for a while. Yeah. Um, I think you could have kept Taker in there another 10 minutes and end on that. Yeah, or have him be there at the end and do it. Right. Now, the only negative is it does, like, completely kill the match. So... <laughs> I, I can see why they wanted to leave half of it to rebuild the momentum. And also, I, I think 
Taker had such a hot pace, you probably don't want to kill that either. So it's like if you if you keep Undertaker in and do this, say, right before Savage comes out. Right. Savage could probably bring the crowd back. Yeah. Cause like, gotta, you know, well, I think they tried to do it with what we talked about in a previous episode with Earthquake and Yoko. You know what I mean? Like, they right. tried to hit a couple of big spots, but yeah. <clears throat> I mean, that's the big problem with this Rumble is that the most over guys are just not in it long enough. Right. They're missing, like, one more face to do what they wanted to do. Like, Perfect kind of had the early section, then Taker. They needed one more to fill the gap to Savage. Yeah, or or just keep Perfect in. Right. Like that. I mean, or, then again, they had Backland, who was slowly building up a face run here. So. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think even they could have expected he was going to get that reaction. No, that's true. Well, yeah, I guess not. But then again, why put him in an hour then? Like, right. were they just punishing him? There was no reason for Perfect to get eliminated when he did by Lawler. I mean, it was stupid. Yeah. yeah. They're just trying to put heat on Lawler for a feud that never happened, right? Right. I mean, it's kind of oh, hinted oh. like Lawler and Bobby are kind of affiliated, I guess, but. Sure, but that's it. Sure. <laughs> so it's four minutes and 14 seconds of The Undertaker. But in that four minutes, he eliminates four people. Yeah, it's it's, it's a great performance. I I like this performance a lot. I guess I'm in, irrationally high at 93, apparently, based on my earthquake scores and now the score coming up. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I can't fault I can't fault a high um, I can't fault a high presentation score. I'm at a six on presentation because he is like he's obviously the biggest star in the match. No one in the match is even able to eliminate him. They bring in this outside monster. And then it's, you get the impression that if he was in there longer, he would have just run through everybody in the match. Right. Yeah. I mean, so you had to take him out how you did if you're going to do it. But yeah. the presentation, I agree, puts him that way. So, yes, six. Yeah. I'm at a three for work rate creativity. Like I. I like the angle, but and I love the Samu choke slam, but there's just not enough meat on this bone for me to go higher. I went five. I, I thought again, he, it's a lot of the same ticks that we've seen from him. Uh, the Samu thing, <clears throat> clearing house, and then the Gonzalez stuff was definitely different. We hadn't seen anything like that in a Rumble yet, so it was unique. It was the first time we got something like that—a big beatdown, a big attack to set up a major angle. Right. So so in your mind, like just so I understand where you're coming from, with the ranking, it's not an attack. But you think this creativity is just as good as his first one. I guess I'll just stop talking now. Oh, my God. Did I kill you? Did I kill <laughs> How do you, you criticize me? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I think it's just a five in different ways, I guess. So, okay, yes, that's fair. That's what I was asking more than. Yeah. Than a critique of the, of the score. Because to me, like you're never going to get. With the, the way with the type of project we're doing, there's so many different variances of what this could be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so we've already done 163 or whatever it is now. Um, and we have we have 10 grades to give. Right. So it's like there's going to be similar shit, but it's all going to be very different because not a lot of it's the same. So any little thing that makes it stand out or is different or feels different in a very sterile setting to me stands out. Yeah. The yeah. Rumble is so a very antiseptic setting like. There's only so much shit you can do. So guys that do stuff that isn't that same shit, I give points to. Yeah, I get it. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, for me, it's like I, when I, whenever I'm looking at these categories, I think of, okay, this made me feel X, right? I don't look at it in terms of scores at this point because we've scored so many, right? And so it's, oh, this makes me feel X. What else made me feel X? You know, and that's how I kind of come to the score on it. But that's I think it's just a bit of a different philosophy from the both of us. And I, I don't think one's better or worse. I just think it's cool that it's different. Right. Um, I'm also at a three for effectiveness. This is our big gap. I went six. <clears throat> he eliminated four guys in four minutes. It was a complete star. And again, I know the Gonzalez thing is a joke. But in 93, in the moment, this is a big deal to have Undertaker completely waxed by a guy and set up what was going to be a top two. And then once Hogan comes back, becomes a top three main event at WrestleMania. Like this is a top three from the top match for sure. Yeah. I just think it also makes the match worse. Like that, that's, that's a, that's a bit of an issue I have with it too. Yeah. But that's when, to me that, that affects if we're ranking 
the 93 rumble and the booking and the match, you know what I mean? More than the <clears throat> performance of the undertaker. Sure. But I, I would say that a, a very effective performance should also be one that enhances the match. Right? right. Like when I think about like 91 without Rick Martel, that match really suffers. Right. So he does get, he does help boost it up a bit, but I, I think this is more why I'm at that point with the score. Right. That gives him a total of 29. So this 93 is our highest ranked Undertaker run so far. <laughs> My highest rank, obviously. Yeah. Like to me, like, I mean, to me, it feels a bit crazy because like to me, 92 feels like it's much better. But the scores are what they are. So, yeah. I don't know. It's tough to say. Yeah. That's why I think it's good that we just stick with the scores. I agree. Because like, the, the like, score, yeah, I, I feel like, God. Well, I'm just going to say the scores are just our honest thoughts without looking at it in context to anything else. Right. And I think right? 92, like we said, um, kayfabe wise, whatever else, was like a disappointment. I guess this kind of was too. But like you said, like he didn't set up anything big in that one either, and this one he does. Yeah, it's fair. Um, <laughs> and he eliminates three more guys in like a quarter of the time. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, look, and, and actually, look, I'm higher. I'm higher on effectiveness in this one than I am in the other one. Right. So I give him a score 29, and that ties him with Ted DiBiase from 1989 and the Macho Man Randy Savage from 1990. I mean, I'm fine with below both. Okay. I mean, I could probably be convinced ahead of Savage, but I don't think DiBiase. But I'm happy to put. I, I really like that Savage run, so. Yeah, no, I think I think I mean you were obviously higher on the other two, so I think it's fine to go that route. Okay, so that lands Undertaker 1993 as the 22nd uh, best Royal Rumble appearance of all time thus far. Uh, before Would you say that's deal- the biggest upset on our list so far? Yeah, I, I, it's it's got to be um, when I look at what's above it, like. I mean, Michael's 96 being as high. We talked about that last time. Right. That's probably a little bit shocking. Yeah, I'd say so. Very good. Like right now, Undertaker 93 is ahead of Jake 1992. Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's I don't know. I think it's super memorable. Yeah. You in the goddamn ni- mid nineties. <laughs> That's what that is there. Uh, before we deal with our next one, do you want to tell us what's going on at the North South connection podcast network? I'm going to tag in you to do that. My tag team partner oh, in, in the effort to conserve my voice, Aaron, I guess, I guess we will have to do look good stuff going on every single day, Monday to Sunday, seven days a week. Sometimes days we got multiple shows going on. You get this show every Monday year that was is coming back on Mondays. Also Tuesday, the ruthlessly aggressive podcast with Jake Williams and his guests always nails it. TN ever dies with JT, Jenny Smith and myself driving ourselves insane watching old TNA Wednesdays, new gen on a mission. Hey, when is this airing? Uh, soon. Soon. Well, let's just give out a shot, a, a shout out to our man uh, JP, right? And a congratulations. New dad. Yeah, well, not new a dad. new dad. Uh, second, no. second time dad. A new new dad. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but awesome, dude. We're so happy for you. And, uh, you know, we keep the show going because you're great, but we know where your priorities are now. So it's it's really awesome, dude. We can't be happier for you. Uh, that's Wednesdays on the North South. Thursdays is the place to listen to ECW three-way dance. JT, John D'Amato, and Jenny Smith going through the ECW that I will eventually go on the voyage for too soon. I'm going to start watching it soon. Yes. Uh, that runs in tandem with Wrestling Warzone, yourself and Chad Campbell coming back. You guys are trucking through 1996. It's taken, what, about a year and a half now? And you're almost (laughs) – have you finished a a complete year yet? Well, we started in August of 95, so yes. Okay. All right, we did this – we did the Nitro would have been like two weeks after SummerSlam 95, so pretty much a full year. Yeah, but you haven't hit Mind Games yet, no? No, no. The last episode we did before our little hiatus that we're in the middle of was uh, SummerSlam 96. That was the last one. Shit. Okay. Yes. 
occurs. Your, your fall season will be coming soon. <laughs> uh, Fridays, 90210. Uh, you guys are watching 90210 from the mm-hmm. beginning. You and uh, Tim Capel are bringing in yep. guests and talking talking smack about uh, 90210. Talking love, baby. Talking love, baby. You know what that means in AEW podcast. Jordan and Andrew really doing a great job breaking down AEW in a really unique way. This week in the NFL hits every week too. WCW must die. Ryan Gray bringing it with the uh, the previews for every pay-per-view, which I really enjoy. Uh, from Squared Circle to Silver Screen, Cowboy and Crossland are uh, talking about movies either about wrestlers or about wrestling or that star wrestlers. Uh, the last one I listened to was You Cannot Kill David Arquette, which was a really interesting film. And I thought they did a good job breaking it down. Chronoso, every – is it every Sunday night or is it every two weeks? It's every Sunday every night. Every two weeks. Every, every two, two weeks. weeks. And you're you're on two tracks. You're either at st- – you're starting the NWA, the Crockett from the beginning, or you're in the WWE PG era and second print comics – Hitting you every Sunday, Mark Claren, Ramsey Martinez, digging deep into the comics world. Check out everything we have to offer. Check out Viewer's Choice after every major pay-per-view. Marcus and Tim, break it down so you don't have to. Check out the Jenny position. She's incredible. Lots of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Busy bitches. Busy. Not Jenny, though. Yeah, she's included. Oh, Jesus. All right. Uh, Undertaker 1997. Yes. So, you know, I, I, I'm really looking forward to I, – I, this will probably be only in three four years. But I'm really looking forward to when we get to 1997. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel it's a things. I feel it's a really maligned rumble that doesn't really get a ton of credit. But I think it's really sneaky good. Right. Because they have a lot of those luchadors in there, but they're not in there long. And then the guys that are in there are all big stars like The Undertaker here. But I think it's almost a similar problem to 93 in some ways <clears throat> um, where they do n- not leverage the guys they have for a long time. Like they have a lot of stars kind of they go out quick. Well, yes, but as a consequence. So, yeah, they kind of do something similar in 93. Only the guy that they put in there for the longest is the exact right guy to be in there as opposed well, to. Yes. As opposed to Bob Backlund, who I like in 93. I think his performance is really good. But. He's not nowhere near as entertaining as Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. So it, it, it feels shorter as a consequence because he's such an important part of that match. Yeah. Taker comes out number 30. And massive pop. And I think – I really feel this is where Taker's like at the height of his stardom. I think there's two ways to look at it. I think his peak as like just a face that the people go crazy for <clears throat> at the top of his game was actually like 93, 94 right. before he dies. <laughs> Roman 94. Right. But here I think he's like peaking <clears throat> as like a main eventer star in the company. Does that make sense? Like, he feels like he's going to win every time out here. Yeah, but he's not like the biggest guy in the promotion. In 93, I feel like he is like the yes. biggest star on the promotion at that point. But but that might be a consequence of them not having a huge star. Oh, for sure. Whereas but, he still feels almost as big here, surrounded by great people. Yeah. But peak would mean the best. Yeah, but again, it's like... I liken it to like, like imagine like a sports star who has a really great season with no one around him, right? And then has a better season later, but there's just a couple people that are better than him. Yeah. Like it's it's like he's outdoing himself and he's viewed as higher. He just happens to be surrounded differently. Yeah. Maybe. But he's here. It's one of his top years. Oh, yeah, I think so. And I mean, it goes on to win the title later, right? Um, he's coming also to avenge the loss of Vader earlier in the night. And I remember being shocked that Vader beat him on this card. Oh, for sure. That was like a big upset um, <clears throat> at the time. I was I was very surprised. I, I, I don't know if they were trying to. 
I, I don't know. The booking is such a confusing mess at this point. Like, I don't know where things lied. So, like, I don't know if they already knew that Taker was going to be world champion and were they setting up Vader as a possible contender? Or was it just a time where they had a bunch of guys on top and they were trying to mix a match, you know? Right. Or are they trying to rehab Vader? Right. After kind of like not killing him, but maybe not building him up as good as he could have been built. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. Yeah, uh, it comes right in and he's right after Vader. Like, and he's fighting Vader. He's kicking the shit out of mankind. And then he's throwing choke slams on Vader, Austin. And Jerry Lawler is like, please do Bret Hart next. <laughs> Stay away from me. I mean, just yeah. completely on fire. Dishing out the strikes, like you said. The star power is all around him. Uh, and he, but he does kind of blend in, too, as part of it. Uh, he spends a lot of time with Henry Godwin choking at the ropes. And then just throws him over, but Hank hangs on, survives. So not one of the usual first take or throw out. Yeah. He does murder him later, though, when he grabs he him does. by the throat with both hands and just fucking tosses him over the top. Seems like one guy takes that every time. Yeah. But I, this one felt more violent. Maybe it's because Hank is bigger. Right. Like, it just looked like, oh, no, like he really hurt him there. Tigger and Vader end up slugging away. Um into that and then he rotates around he kind of messes with brett austin until he eliminates mankind so it's kind of a notch and they're never in a feud there too and it's a good elimination too because like mankind and terry funk kind of fight their way to the apron right. mankind gets rid of funk and then just eats a big boot to the face which drops him yeah i like that yep. and then he kind of gets yeah. go on no good you got it i was just gonna say then he gets tied up with vader he gets tied up with Vader a lot, and this is where Austin sneaks up from behind after having gotten up mm-hmm. off the floor and dumps them out and eliminates him. Yeah. So he's not in there super long here. No, again, the victim of number 30, like we've talked about quite often on the show. Um, sometimes you, it seems like you should have a good draw or you know, maybe a great guy comes in at 30, but you just don't have the time to really get a lot done. So I think overall he feels like a star with the other names in there, like you said, but he didn't stand out nearly as much to me. Uh, he felt more like a guy in this match for the first time so far than like the guy. And that includes 91 where I feel like he felt like shit, like this guy's owning this match. This is the first time I felt like that wasn't as apparent. See, it's funny. Cause I feel the opposite. Like here's like him coming in there. <clears throat> I thought that this was like the first time. I mean, I guess 93, but like, I was like, Oh, he could win this. Right. Like I got I the impression coming in at 30 in the fields whittling. Yeah, but he, but but whoever's in there at this point is all the top stars, right? Yeah. And I could I could have easily seen him start cutting through all of them. Yeah. It made a lot of sense for for him to do that, and then even then, like it's like he had to be kind of cheaply thrown out. Otherwise, I don't know who would have gotten him out. You know, like he was presented by Vince as like this guy's gonna win now. I mean, Vince says that about everybody. Like he thought Adam Baum was gonna win the Royal Rumble, right? So, um, anyone so comes. Vince immediately thinks is winning. All right. This is the man. But six minutes and 46 seconds, two eliminations in that time. So less than 93. Um, tossed out by Steve Austin. I guess that's the highest. I guess Hogan. He gets tossed out by Hogan and Steve Austin, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Very few guys can say that. One of the few. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, I, I really, because of his star power here and his positioning in the match, um, I went with a seven on presentation. Uh, I'm with six. I, uh, to me, he's on par. I mean, looking back at May, again, 92 ticks in a little high compared to now that I had 93 and 97, where I feel are his big years. But I'm going to I'm going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And part um, of that is because I don't think he stood out in the match. I think he felt. I just think it's a it's a factor of that time period to me, like. Early 96, early 97, they're really making concerted effort to make a glut of main event guys. And not just the usual, like, two or three. Yeah, I guess in this era, like, I view guys like him and Bret Hart as, like, just above everybody else in terms of that star power. Maybe. That's just what, that's just what speaks to me about it. Um, I'm at a three for work rate slash creativity. I don't think he does anything super exceptional in the match, but I like his two eliminations. So that's where it lands for me. Yeah, I mean, with all that I said, I, I still went four, but that takes it a notch down. <clears throat> so we're pretty much on on pace. Uh, I thought he's a little bit, you know, worse than the couple years, few years before. It's a lot of cool, cool couple spots. 
Yeah. And I'm at a three for effectiveness. He's not in there that long. He eliminates two guys, but he is one of the final four, which gets him the uh, the uh, the match the next month. And he's one of the guys that gets screwed. He's there at the end. He is an important cog in that story going forward. So that's where I'm at with it. Yep. I call that. I went four. All right. That lands him with 27 points, which is crazy. I think it's going to make him like the third best Undertaker appearance. Oh, no. It's the second. Um, so here we go. It's uh, he doesn't share with anybody. Wow. It's the first it's the first time in a while we haven't had a tie. That's crazy. This is the first ever 27. I know. Right. 27. The number of champions, the number that wins. Uh, so that lands him. It's You know, you want to know what's crazy? Was that? It lands him as the 27th overall. Wow. Yeah. It's just end the project. Yeah, that that the serendipity of that is uh, is too much. So here's where it sandwiches him. It sandwiches him between Shawn Michaels 2003 and Jake Roberts 1992. Yeah, I mean, and he's he's below Undertaker. Oh, so he's the third. He's the he's the third best uh, Undertaker so far. Like all of his, it's crazy. All of his performances are between 22 right now are sitting between 22 and 30. All four of them that we talked about. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they're clustered, you know, and yeah, they're kind of to the top, but not at the top. Yeah, he's just good. And like if we weren't going on scores, like if you asked me off the top of my head, I probably would have Jake Roberts ahead. Um, you know, I, but but again, I, I like the idea of sticking with the scores and seeing where that leads right. us. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Well, look, uh. You know, he kind of goes through a character transformation after this. So, yeah, and he's, I mean, he's got so many entries like he's in how many? Eleven. Yeah. So the, there's no way we're going to do this all one shot, obviously. Um, but we did decide to break him up into three areas. Like so this episode, we really focused on kind of the early Undertaker, dead man. First four on our next episode, we're going to touch his next three entrances, yep. which are kind of the biker taker era. And then on the third part of this installment of Undertaker, we'll hit kind of the modern day Taker, his last yeah. four appearances. That spans like 10 years. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Uh, but it was cool to deep dive in. Before we go, shall we uh, remind everybody of our top 10 overall Royal Rumble performances? I'm going to go ahead and ask you to do that. Yeah. Sure. We won't do the total lists because nothing changed from last time. There was no chance because we're not counting Undertaker yet. But we'll do the top 10 performances so number 10 sean michaels 1995 number nine andre the giant 1989 number eight rick martell 1991 number seven bret hart 1994 number six the ultimate warrior 1990 number five hulk hogan 1990 number four sean michaels 96 number three sean michaels 2007 hmm, someone might have something to say about that mm-hmm. number two hulk hogan 1989 and the number one still hanging on as it's hanging on for a long time, Shawn Michaels, 2010. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. And I think Undertaker's going to maybe, in his, in a few of his other ones, we'll see if they can uh, make a challenge for that top spot. And it's going to be interesting to see where he lands overall as well, because he does still have a lot of good stuff in the tank here. And we've I'll touched say- nothing bad. I would say that's the interesting thing to me is that we like these all scored so high and I don't think we've even hit his best ones probably yet. No, I don't think so. And it's going to be interesting because even when I thought about a lot of his other ones, like everybody else seems to have at least one like nonsense one. Right. But I don't think Undertaker does. I mean, we'll see as we go forward, but mm-hmm. it seems like everything's pretty high end for him. So yeah. that's probably going to help him in the overall rankings. Well, it speaks to how well protected he's always been. And the character lends itself to being strong in settings like this, right? Like you compare him to Andre. And yeah, it's like Andre in Battle Royals. Like it's similar, right? Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, early Undertaker done. We'll see you next time for uh, Biker Taker. Keep on rumbling. <laughs>